I didn't realize that uh, being in HR now that you you did, mm. you have to I'd have to interact with a lot more on a differing level with a, a lot of like the you know the management team and supervisors of my building and stuff. So you know one thing that I did learn is that people love to share pictures of their children, and I've I've never been one where people mm. are like, hey Mike, check out my child you know like oh I, my my grand my these, these are my new grandchildren so i never really know what to say in that situation so you know i just look at the picture and and i'm like wow that looks delicious <laughs> you know that's not the response that they're looking for right right so you know right <laughs> i never really know what to say but like unsolicited pictures of children you know so like i've, I've learned that the phrase like oh no thank you i'm not a pedophile like that that's not a that's not appreciated either. Right. You know, like my, right. and then like this past week, you know, cause it was my mom's birthday and I was talking with my sister, like she was showing me pictures too. And she was like, Mike, she's like, Mike, that's disgusting. That's your nephew. It's like, well, I'm not into incest either, but, but thank you. Thanks for the offer. Um, that's all I got. That's all I got for you. <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh man, how how many more layers is this one gonna go? <laughs> oh man, not even like, oh, okay. Picture, I got a, I got a little a, chuckle out of picture, here. Picture of my dog or my my kid in a dog costume. Oh, I'm not really into bestiality. No, I'm right. sorry. No, thanks, thanks for the offer, but I'm, I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> I mean, it's just interesting. You're very old school to where you just go with like you know pictures make you aroused. Like in these days, it's all <laughs> it's all videos and and ordering women online. But you're like going back to the 80s style where it's just like, oh, I just open this Playboy with just some boobs and a little bit of bush. That's all I need. Yeah, and that's like that's like the I'm at that, that perfect age too, like where I did grow up on like visual a visual still image stimuli, you know? Yes. Yes. So it still does something been, for me. So when my wife sends me pics, I'm like, mm, mm, I'm a like I'm, I'm a horny I'm a horny teenager again, you know? Mm. Like I'm just gonna take this to my HR bathroom, <laughs> dude. That is the best bathroom for a poop in. Like I've been using that bathroom oh, like nice. for a long time now. Yeah, but like, and even with when I have my old office, which is you know halfway across that big gigantic building I work in, like I would still walk all the way across. You know, assuming it's not an emergency, <laughs> all the way across to go to that you know wonderful private clean HR bathroom. Oh. Yeah, that, and that's a pro tip for anybody out there, like who has a new job or is working in a new place. Always find the primary bathroom for pooping. Like there, there's a there's a pee bathroom, especially if you're a guy. Like you just need you can pee anywhere, right? Let's just pop into the urinal, wash your hands, and leave. There, but for pooping, like you need space, you need privacy, you need privacy, you need like good lighting. You know, the place with the good toilet paper is like oh, the HR bathroom and mm-hmm. my job. Oh, that's like one of the benefits of you know where i work now <laughs> dude you work from home too on, on some days so you got like that 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 like from oh sorry premier private bathroom you know i don't i don't like to poop while i work though mm. I like on your desk beforehand either i do it beforehand or it doesn't happen at all boss makes a dollar i make a dime that's why i poop on company time <laughs> 
can't argue with that logic. No, I can't. <laughs> Folks, welcome. What are, we, what are we doing here? Where, where are we? I don't know what we're doing anymore. We're like four minutes into this show. Welcome to the Skinny with Mike and Adam, everybody. Uh, today, to celebrate an upcoming release of one Armor for Sleep and their in their hey they're back baby 15 years since their last album we're going to be reviewing kind of like a quiet masterpiece that like i don't see a lot of people talking about but i do think is a masterpiece in its own right we're going to be re-reviewing kind of retrospectively what to do when you are dead uh from 2005 Mm -hmm. great concept album again this is an album that uh, kind of influenced a lot of their peers, uh, a lot of people growing up these days, like uh, kind of listen to that album uh, as it is. Frontman Patty Walters has, has been cited saying that like um, what to do when you are dead was a great inspiration for the Great Depression from what I've uh, been reading here in my week yes. of uh, in my week of uh, uh, research uh, for this episode. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. This is, uh, you know, again, to 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 celebrate the upcoming album of uh, Rain City Drive Museum or whatever it's called uh, Wait, <laughs> coming it, out coming the, out the next rain, Friday the Rain Museum yes right? the Rain City Drive Museum okay I mean like that band just came out with a new album I don't think we should be giving them a museum like maybe we should wait a few years to see what their legacy is I don't know I know I mean they've had quite the story so far and you could probably fill a museum with the amount of stories but too Night. many stories, yeah. Was that <laughs> Armor for Sleep? You know, made made an incredible album, and then they made another album that was pretty good, and then they just kind of backed away. I mean, by the time I got into this music, this band was already like a, a has been band that was was pretty much done, dead and buried. Yeah, I mean, there was always yeah. uh, since their twenty two thousand and seven album smile for them there was always kind of rumblings like oh when's the next armor for sleep album coming out and they would continue to do interviews and be like oh we're in the you know we're in the writing stage still like oh we're i was like oh that's been delayed like oh we think we have a producer to to help us with the next album and then it just kind of went away right uh uh, i follow ben jorgensen i think that's how you pronounce his name on uh social media and he has since been married to a woman who's like famous for being like a reality tv just star being, or something? nope just she was the hot chick on 30 rock i forgot her name oh yeah katrina bowden bowden yeah. katrina bowden yes yeah. all she played on 30 rock was just like the young hot chick that like did nothing but like had this job <laughs> and everybody just like gave her a pass on everything just because she was young and hot and it was a great great character and a great show um but that's her she's like 30 something now but at the time you know she was like 19 so yeah and yeah. also they just like always show her she'd just be on her phone and they'd be like um sorry can you help me with blah blah, blah. she's like i don't really know things and <laughs> so it was just it, it was great it was it was a great character <laughs> wonderful <laughs> yeah i don't know too much about her uh but uh i do know somewhat about the ben jorgensen so you know following him on instagram he never really made any indications that you know he was writing music or still in the music scene like he was into photography a lot uh so he would put you know share some of like his more interesting shots on instagram and stuff like that so like oh well that's pretty cool and you know he's he's, you know living life to his fullest I'm, i'm hoping and then all of a sudden earlier this year we get this awesome single that's coming off of the rain museum uh, armor for sleep are back baby and like 
this long-awaited fourth album that we never really thought we were going to get. Again, you know, just like Adam said, this band has been long dead and buried uh, for a very right. long time. Uh, and uh, and Adam, I know you haven't. I know you haven't listened to the um, single that came out for the Rain Museum since you don't like music, but uh, right. <laughs> but it's really really good, and I'm really excited for the Rain Museum. And I hope this is kind of like a culmination of you know different ideas that you know they've been cooking up for you know these past 15 years. And I don't know. It, it, I'm just both excited and nervous to see what the the, the the present and future brings for this band but for now uh we're going to talk about uh, this album that kind of put this band on the map and again a kind of a quiet masterpiece you know going back and checking out our lists uh, i don't believe this ever made your initial top 100 right um initially i'm not sure i mean mm. i i might have like forgotten about it and then added it some years later because right now it is number 46 wow my list awesome it is a perfect album a perfect and, uh, album Woo! perfect because I, I i don't know why i didn't think to listen to it in 2017 and then mm. i went back and finally re-listened to it and was like yeah, yeah did you did you did you listen to it after we initially made that list or you just kind of revisited it i'm pretty sure that i had heard it by that point i feel like this was a 2011 2012 listen for me yeah i'm pretty but sure since, that i gave but, this to you during your initial music dump and then but it was just this album i didn't listen to the other two until several years later mm -hmm. and i think when i did that and then re-listened to, to what to do when you are dead. Um, then I was like, oh, this album should have been placed on my list a long time ago. So I probably didn't put it on the list until 2018 or 19. Well, there imagine. it is, folks. It is in Adam's top 50. Uh, initially, when we made our uh, top 100 list back in 2017, this was my number 69. <laughs> nice. Mm. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> sitting, uh, nestling uh, right in between Underworld's Disambiguation and Let Lives the Blackest Beautiful. Uh, so, Whoa. again, haven't revisited that list in a long time because, again, I'm a coward and I don't Can like music. Please do that someday. I don't someday, like man. music, Adam. How many times do I have to explain we, this to you? Our Discord is filled with people creating lists <laughs> of their favorite albums, and you're just like, oh, I, I made a list once. And I, I'm go back and do it again. God, like, you don't I even, can't like, wait even until you... I die so I don't have to make any more goddamn lists. <laughs> no, lists are important. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but even when you like listen to a, a 2018 album that you love in 2022, <clears throat> like you don't go back and put it on your 2018 list, which is which is beyond sacrilege. Um, and you should probably have your podcasting credentials taken away. Just what in that. God's but name are you talking about? What that you, what, everybody else is doing this and you're not. And that's oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, Hey, when I make a list, that is a snapshot in time, similar to a tattoo, bro. Do I go back and change my tattoos, bro? In 2019. Yes, you did. What, what did I change? What? Oh, not tattoos. I just meant your list. You changed oh, my list. Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever. So have, fine. You so got a to... good point. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Once every 10 years? Is that the only time that you can make a list change? Is okay. When would be the five-year anniversary? It would be 2023? Okay. Maybe I should do it in 2023. I think five years is a good buffer to Maybe. revisit lists. Okay. I think 2025, the middle of this decade, and then you go back to 2020 and you know, see where things still lie. 
but I didn't make this list in 2020. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You mean for your top 100 list? Yeah, sorry, yeah, bro. I thought you were thinking about your yearly list. Oh, man. Um, Let's see. We did it in 2017. So this was supposed to be the five-year anniversary. Oh, shit. That's this year? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You have a uh, lot to do before the year's done. You better get started now. Oh, <laughs> uh, armor for sleep. What to do when you are dead? I can't believe we're revisiting it, Adam. <laughs> it's now my number f- 73, right? It, no, I think it'd probably be much higher, especially after revisiting it this week. Anyway, yeah, okay. you know, just, just in time for, uh, you know, their four, uh, the, the band's fourth album coming out next Friday on September 9th. Uh, we're going to be doing a track-by-track not review, uh, more of a retrospective revisiting uh, of this album. You know, as you may have garnered by our banter right now, I, we both love this album. It's pretty good, pretty good, pretty all right. We think you, you, we think you out there would probably think it's all right as well. And if you haven't listened to it, oh boy, are you in for a treat, folks? Oh yes. I mean, it is. It does seem a little dated at this point. In it what seems way? very mid mid two thousands. But style? that's okay. Yes, style wise. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and so that that would be the only thing that it, that might be a little bit unappealing to some, but for the rest of us who enjoy music from '05 and '06, uh, I can't imagine anybody well. who's been listening to our show, whether you're a new fan or a longtime fan, like if you don't like 2005 emo music, why are you subscribed? Right, <laughs> right. or 2006 for that matter, since. It's got its, you know, brand new elements. Yeah, absolutely. My, my chemical romance elements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So th- this seems to be one that somebody would write like an angry post on on one of those review places. Like, I was dating a guy who really liked Armor for Sleep. What the likeness? But then it turned out he was a total douchebag, just like Ben Jorgensen. It turns <laughs> out he, he killed himself just to spite me. And now there's like now noises in my basement. I don't know what's going on. Somebody keeps moving my floorboards. Uh, <laughs> but Adam, do you have anything, uh, anything else to say before we get started on this uh, wonderful album? Um, just how did you come across this band slash album back in the day? That's the uh, real just, question. Just like most albums back in the uh, mid 2000s, uh, it was because of a full page spread, advertising spread on an alternative press uh, magazine, which I was happily subscribed Ooh. to through, almost throughout the entirety of the 2000s. Okay. Okay. Kept, it was just, that was it? Uh, yeah. I kept seeing like this full page, this full page spread of like that. Awesome album art. Like, let's talk about that album art, right? Oh, this yes. Beautiful. This, this, this what, what your eyes immediately see is this man in a suit, like floating up to the heavens in the in the middle of like this midwestern suburb, right? It's like yes. it's like daybreak or dawn or something like that, or or even like yes. starting to be the sunset, and it's like it's beautiful, like tinged greens and blacks, very vivid, and so that immediately puts you. That, that immediately draws you to what the atmosphere of this um, album is going to be. And when you're seeing this, like in a magazine, like, Hey, this, this new album from a band you've never heard of called armor for sleep. They've got a new album coming out February 22, 2005. What could it be? Like you're immediately drawn into the mystery. I'm like, like, well, so what's with that album or like, is this an album about death? Is it about the afterlife? Is it about going to heaven? It's like, 
Oh yeah, all of those things. All, the above. all of those things. <laughs> so yeah, man. Like uh, so, I, that's all it really was. I kind of picked this up on a whim. Um, I want to say that I heard an Armor for Sleep song from their previous album at some point. God, Dream to Make Believe. If I look mm-hmm. at the um, track listing here, uh, I don't recognize one of the song names but i want to say that i've heard one of those songs like on a warp tour compilation or something so if you maybe later in this episode i'll i'll check back into the track listing on one of those and then i'll uh, let you know but i want to say i've heard of this heard of this band prior to this album coming out but then i just kind of picked this up on a whim and this was my first experience with armor for sleep and i do have to say though uh before we get into the re- uh, review proper i didn't really like this album when it first came out wow yeah that's surprising and, and again me in my early 20s uh in, in my late teens that was the smartest, smartest version of me as we've of, as we've smart. all uh, uh determined right so like going into it, the, go ahead do you think it was like too emo no i thought it wasn't emo enough <laughs> Whoa, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I, and, you know, as we'll get into like uh, some of the lyrical content, a lot of the lyrics don't follow a rhyming structure. And it threw me off at, at first. Like, cause like, mm, oh, what, what a okay. dumb line. Like, it's like, you right. know, believe the news, I'm gone for good, call off the search. <laughs> That's your line, bro? Like, you know, you're not even going to attempt to rhyme. It doesn't even rhyme. You know who knows how to rhyme? Gerard Way, okay? Gerard Way knows how to rhyme, bro. So, yeah, it was, it was okay. Yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest rhyme in emo history. And then coupled with that, that like, I was really into music that, like, had, like, that singing and screaming structure. And there's very mm. little screaming on this. So immediately yeah. I was kind of off put of like, uh, I don't know this for me, man. It's too poppy. It's too <laughs> I, poppy. <laughs> I, I thought about that back in 2005. Thankfully, I'm a lot dumber now and I can, you know, accept <laughs> poppy music. Right. So we can it, it does have this. that taking back Sunday vibe as well. Yeah. Which like if you threw in some, some screams, like it would be pretty much the same band. Almost, yeah. This one has a little bit more of a, a darkness that I, I that I think Taking Back Sunday very rarely kind of touch upon. Like once in a while, mm-hmm. they'll do like a really sad song that has like a, some dark undertones to it. But the the darkness for what to do when you are dead is um, strewn throughout. Uh, so Adam, bef- while we are going through this uh, album, I'm going to send you a link in our discord here um because you also never had the cd like you when i gave you when i when you first listened to this album you uh you know you i think i burned you a cd or i just gave you the mp3s right so part of the enjoyment of this album which is a concept record if you don't know uh, it is a is an album about a man's death Mm. and his journey through the afterlife and part of that uh through the uh artwork which if you scroll down in this article uh, somebody posted mm-hmm. screenshots of this article. There's actually a separate comprehensive guide to your afterlife, literally, literally called what to do when you are dead. So if you want to go through that with me really quick, we can, before we get into the album. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's literally like a pamphlet, like you're meant to keep this in your pocket just in case you die. Uh, and right. you know, there, there are some steps to take over here. Like for, for example, okay. light and how it affects you avoid direct sunlight. You will disappear and not be able to move. See figure one. Uh, do not stay in dark places for more than a few hours. Avoid bright lights. They may change you. 
uh, you know, and then moving on to the next thing. So your surroundings, right? When you're when you're a dead spirit floating through, uh, you know, maybe the place that you died or maybe your family home, you know, stay aware of your surroundings at all times. You will not feel the urge to sleep and you will never dream. That is a haunting statement that I've ever heard hmm. in my goddamn life. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Float from, flate, float from place to place by focusing on your destination while looking at it. Please see, see figure two. Moving on to recognizing your past. Do not revel in regret. Attempt to find your previous place of residence. See figure three. Communication in the afterlife. If detected by small children or animals, tell them you do not exist. See figure four. <laughs> <laughs> do not talk to other ghosts they will harm you do not talk to the living they will ignore you uh, your well-being do not attempt to stand upright until you are positive that you are dead try passing your hand through your face to determine if you are uh, we'll get to that exact concept uh, for the song stay on the ground uh, if you become tired of being a ghost find a beach and float towards the horizon see figure five <laughs> God, how I wish I could do that sometimes. Uh, do not wish to be anything else. Your identity. Do not hold on to memories of life. They will be distorted and inaccurate. See figure six. Do not try to put yourself back into your dead body or any living ones. You will be frightened. <laughs> and an end... Uh, that's, and that's and comprehensive guide so yeah wonderful you know form of like world building as far as the the concept of this album goes it really adds a lot to the concept and um the, the storytelling for each song now each song feeds into one another too so i think we probably just go ahead and get started now uh adam do you have everything ready. all queued up ready Okay, uh, so before we start here, but we're just gonna go. We're just gonna go through the standard edition of this album from tracks one to eleven. Uh, there are some bonus tracks depending on the vi the version that you get, but they are kind of unrelated to the concept and story of this album. So we're just gonna go through one through eleven, at least for the purposes of this review. Uh, feel free to check out them if you want. You know, your favorite podcasting service or favorite streaming or whatever. Uh, Adam, let's go. Here we go. In three, two, one car underwater so pretty self-explanatory right this 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 song here is about the man's suicide uh it, 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 it you there are hints that like whether or not this was purposeful or not or maybe he got into a car accident and you know drowned in a lake but there are little night little lines here and there especially in the chorus you know especially talking about how like i've got time to kill which means he's not struggling to get out you know he's just there thinking about like yes. the girl he loves and and the girl that like left him quote unquote but uh what a, what a, what a great way to start off an album you know the mystery is already the, the mystery is starting to unravel already And that's that's the best part. It's it's the visualization of it all, mm -hmm. and it's I don't know. I can't imagine any other songs that were this blatant of like oh, yeah. what I would be thinking and dealing with uh, after I just drove my car into a lake or river yeah. or ocean. Yeah, and again, it, it draws you in immediately. Like you're like, what's going on here? What it, uh, and 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 it, the 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 slow unraveling that each song basically follows a linear story which is from a concept and a songwriting perspective oh wonderful like and it helps with the pacing it helps keep you engaged with the album 
it helps keep you like focused on it too. This isn't really an album that you can put on in the background unless you're very familiar with it. Like you have you have to sit and engage with this album, which I love. That is the fun part of it all. So very catchy song too, and that's one thing too about like a lot of concept albums is that like you know sometimes they're just concept albums in that like uh, we're, we're trying to tell a story and we're not really necessarily concerned with like the memorability of the songs or whether the song whether or not the songs are catchy pretty much all of these songs are catchy af and this the song in particular like the, the the chorus sticks in your head like you sing along with it like the tempo's great it's just a wonderful song man and it's exactly what screams 2005 mm-hmm. to most of us who lived through that era. This is Grant peak was emo, dude. Like, peak right. emo. <laughs> and that's where I was thinking, like, did, did it have an audience? And I didn't know that it kind of did. I wasn't right. the audience at the time. And Looking again, back, like, like I mentioned, like, I didn't really like this song when it first came out. So, you know, you can see how <laughs> stupid I was back in the day. We've already established that. But don't <laughs> think back. Don't think back of you at all. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love that too. Like in his final moments, the, what he is thinking about is this girl that left and abandoned him from his point of view. And but what he wants for her is just like, don't worry about me, bro. Like I'm dead. Move I'm on good. with your life. It's, pro- it's probably for your own good that you don't think about me anymore. And it's just like... Right interesting sentiment i love that he's not knowing that he's going to turn into this spirit right unfinished business perhaps yeah (laughs) lots of unfinished business the whole album's worth of unfinished business and a lot of times with songs that like were from the point of view of like suicide uh it, it always seems spiteful right it always seems like it's like a girl like you're gonna feel bad when you find out what happened to me, but like that's not the case for this one. So we're moving immediately into track two, the truth about heaven. So now immediately, if you're not if you're not familiar with the album and that this is the concept, you die. Does this kid, uh, you know, the writer, of course, very generously thinks that they went to heaven <laughs> after a suicide, but whatever. You know, repressed Catholic. It's just you know, I'll go into yes. my head. But anyway, <laughs> he's not Catholic. So. But this is a fucking fantastic like storytelling device, right? Like we're we're, we're he's he, he's unsure of what's going on. He's a he's a disembodied spirit. He's walking past his own grave. He's again just kind of thinking back about what just happened. Me, he he already has he already has regrets about what what he just did, and you know he. When he visited his grave, like he saw that his ex left a note for him, and you know, you, you could probably infer by the lyrics, like you know, she probably wrote, like, "Oh, why did you do this? Why did you leave me?" You know, and so to answer your question, I just had to leave. Fuck, it, like it hits you immediately, you know. And then, you know, he talks about his experiences in heaven, and like, you know, for a lot of descriptions of heaven, no matter like what Christian or uh, apromatic religion that you talk to, it's always about the paradise that like, you build for yourself and for him he's so wrought with guilt and heartbreak that it's just constantly raining on him all day long and i fucking love that dude like he built his own heaven and it's just miserable fuck Mm. didn't even think about that but that's 
That's pretty cool. There's also maybe like the literal maybe uh, description of heaven too, because like a lot of uh, you know art depicts uh, heaven is like in the clouds, and what are clouds made of? It's just water. So maybe it might be literally raining on him if he's just up in there in the clouds all the time. So there's that too. So that kind of makes sense. Yes. So, so he's immediately, like, homeboy. Get out of here. Yep. Halt immediately, homeboy wants to leave heaven, and where does he want to go? He wants to go meet the. Uh, he wants to go meet his lady love. And uh, that, that, that will probably um, go well for him, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure she's <laughs> going to be happy to see him. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not frightening at all. No, no, no. Everybody wants to see the ghost of their dead lover. I know right. I do. <laughs> I don't have any dead lovers. That's no off. You will someday. Oh, God, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Should we move forward to remember to feel real? Let's see, how many minutes do we have left? You know what, let's go ahead and move forward then. So, tr- moving forward in three, two, one, remember to feel real. This song mm. kicks fucking ass, just from a mm. musical standpoint, dude. Mm. Damn. Love that, that riff. Mid-2000s, all over it. Absolutely. Okay. Just so, don't hear it anymore. You know, homeboy's left heaven now. He's kind like he hasn't really gotten the the hang of like being a spirit or a ghost yet. So he's just kind of bouncing between like the memories of uh, the people that he knew, right? And like immediately he's like, my friends don't care that I'm gone. The people that I, the people who I thought cared about me don't care that I'm gone. So like he's immediately like, what the fuck? I thought I meant something to these people, and. You know, we mm-hmm. haven't gotten to his what he feels or the way his ex feels about him yet. So, shit, dude. Like, he's immediately, like, <laughs> as a ghost, now he's starting to see the truth about the way people saw him. And the people saw him when he was alive. And, and, uh, and that, and, and, you know, like I said, everything's going well. <laughs> everything is going just well for him. Peak emo, oh. bro. <laughs> it's like, it's it's interesting. You think like this was why he wanted to end his existence anyway. Yeah. And now it's like confirmed, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much, yeah. Confirmed that like maybe it was the right decision to to, to end my own life. And again, you know, we that's a, that's an uncomfortable thing to say. But again, this was 2005, peak emo, dude. And like it makes for really compelling storytelling, though. And I and that's what I love about this album. And again. We go back to the catchiness factor. This chorus, incredibly catchy. I love the guitar that's like kind of following along with the cadence of the vocals. It's so good. To some degree, it's hard to imagine this being a song about being dead. It almost feels like like this could have been the song before Car Underwater. A little bit, right? It, it just feels himself down. Yeah, and I wonder if that was the intent. But I think it fits mm-hmm. well coming after Truth About Heaven, because mm-hmm. you know when we'll when we'll go to Very track much. four, like it kind of feels like oh he's back on Earth as a disembodied spirit, and he's just kind of seeing what's up and seeing how people are doing without him, and like people don't for the most part don't give a shit. So like, well, there's one person out there who I think I'm fairly positive will be, you know, 
kind of sad that I'm gone, so maybe we should visit her in just a bit. So even after all this right here, I'd wait it out for you. So, you know, I've, there's, no, there's nothing here for me, you know, that, that wonderful bridge. So, like, but at the very end, he still has hope that, like, his ex still cares about him or still cares that he's gone. Ugh, this song is so freaking good, dude. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> And so is the next one. Yeah, moving, moving on, on to track, track four, Awkward Last Words. Love this quiet little intro, especially after that last song just kicked your ass, dude. It's very interesting that, you know, being a spirit, right, you got to you know, we don't know what's going on, like the, the what the rules of this universe are, but like he got a second chance to kind of be alive, so to speak, again. And like that's kind of what this first verse is, right? I want to live again. I want to start everything over again. You know, fuck, it's so like every, like this. This is kind of like the 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 steps of depression, right? Like the like he's he, this probably like in the bargaining phase at some point. Hmm. Probably. I'm sure that was part of the, you know, concept of what each song kind of goes through, like kind of like those, those, uh, those, those, those steps to yes. acceptance. Yeah, those stages of depression of leading up to acceptance. I mean, the final song is pretty much acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is, yeah, it feels like him just like, I can make this right. Mm -hmm. And it's in that same way of like having unfinished business. And if I just, if I just get to her and I spend all this time with her, I'll figure it out, I'll get mm -hmm. it right. But there's no way of doing that because you're dead, yeah. dude. <laughs> Homie, it's you're dead. Happening. What are you going to do? Still, it's like, <laughs> this is almost like still denial in a way, right? <laughs> a little bit of denial, yeah. It's There's some denial, there's some bargaining going on in here. and. Um, but like again, the story is just kind of following through. He just you know, he just found out that like people don't care that he's gone or they're apathetic to it at the most. Um, and he's this, this is a song where he is fully regretting his decision to, to, to take his life because he I think he realizes that like I should have left a lasting legacy or I should have left a lasting impression on people before you know. I, before I die, you know, hopefully not taking your own life, but like I should have, like he's, he's starting to realize like people didn't care about him and maybe his ex didn't care about him too much either. So, so he's, so we're still kind of figuring it out as far as the spirit in the spirit realm goes. And, um, that's kind of what the rest of the song is. But, uh, do we want to move on to the next one? Cause I got a lot to say about track five. Okay. All right, here we track go five. in Let's do it. three, two, one. Track five, stay on the ground. So this one here feels a lot like he is trying to fully create a spirit form, like literally stay on the ground. Like he's like you need he needs to ground himself to the waking world. I've been watching a lot of. Sandman, so I'm going to be using that term. <laughs> so he's been grounding himself in the waking world uh, a lot, and like he needs to 
Uh, and I think that's why this song is so rep repetitive, right? So get it, get it, get it right. Holding on to a thing here. Get it, get it, get it right. Like he has to continue to to, 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 to bind himself to someone's memory, to somebody's, to somebody's thoughts, to somebody's, you know, experiences with him. Stay on the ground, hold your head up, you know? It's, it, it, and it's just, this is him trying to basically maybe form, reform his old, you know, body, like in spirit form, before he can, you know, make himself, make his presence known to his ex. Very possible. I'm not going to say one way or the other. You're wrong. <laughs> just trust me. Just trust me what I say, bro. <laughs> I've been thinking about this album for <laughs> 17 years now. <laughs> this one, like this one, this song, like kicks as much ass as like "Remember to Feel Real" to me, dude. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. And it's him like getting frustrated a little bit. Like I can't figure this out. Like I don't care anymore. Like, like I, I, I'm not gonna get this right. I might as well just give up. You know? There's your anger. Yeah, there it is. Oh yeah, here we go. We're in anger now. It's like slowly coming out of denial into anger. Fuck you all. There you go, dude. I'm trying See? to be happy, but I can't stay on the ground. <laughs> See, I'm I'm glad I'm doing this episode in particular with a with with a master. Someone who is a master in at, 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 at mental health. Master of something. Master baits. Master fisherman. Always <laughs> <laughs> puts his bait on the line, the correct one. <laughs> this, this this bridge here is really interesting too because the line here is about fifty years left. I'm just waiting around, and I think he's probably referring to his ex's lifespan. You know, I would imagine she's probably in her 20s, you know, something like that, right? So he has 50 years to figure this out, basically. It's like a, a, as a spirit to try to, to try to reform his corporeal form. Mm-hmm. It's time. time. Just hang out here, I guess. Kind yeah. Of <laughs> Just try to keep my feet on the ground, man. I keep floating, or I keep floating away like a fucking red balloon in a power line. <laughs> 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 like a paper, like a plastic bag caught in an updraft. <laughs> See, right. we listen. We listen to this, and we're like, "Man, that sounds so cool." Yeah, but <laughs> I, you know, I, don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> this song is fucking anxiety-inducing, man. Like when you realize, like he's mm -hmm. trying to reform his body so that he can go haunt some chick. Like it's, it's kind of fucked. But like, man. What a great song at the end. So we've got like an extended uh, outro over here. So I think we're safe to go ahead and move on okay. to track six in three, two, one. One of the most interesting songs here. A quick little flight. Homeboy has figured know. it out. He's 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 got his form back, and now he's just figuring out like, okay, now how do I fly? How do I how do I navigate? which place i need to go because prior to this he was just kind of bouncing around like maybe maybe the thoughts uh maybe the other people's thoughts of him just kind of pull him from one place to another as a spirit but now he himself is learning how to free you know free fly and know exactly where he needs to go it's kind of an interlude you know it's kind of divides yeah. the two the, the divides the two halves of the albums uh in half and it's a very 
beautiful little synth, you know, two minute little song here. Just him just kind of, you know, again, now, like I said, he, figuring it out. Is he imagining this or is this, is he figuring it out? Because he says, if I try hard enough, I'll pretend that I'm flying above some trees. Maybe that's part of the process. In my opinion, like the, he's like imagine, he's like willing it to happen, right? He's closing it. He's closing his eyes, you know, his, his ghost eyes, whatever the hell, maybe. But like he's, he's closing his eyes, he's visualizing it happening, and then he's just letting his spirit body just kind of take him there. It's so like dreamlike, and that's what I love about like the musicianship about this song. It feels dreamlike, yeah. And then closing his eyes mm. and like willing it to existence. Mm, okay. And he's found her house. It is. It is an interesting, yeah, interlude little track, but it still says so much. Nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, <clears throat> and right here, a very important part of the story. Like, he's he's found her house. He's peeking at her through the window, which is not creepy. I guess you're a ghost, whatever, dude. It's fine. <laughs> he's just, but he wants anybody to like acknowledge him. Like, like he's right. And that's, I think that's one thing we'd have brought up too. Since he's become a spirit. He's been alone this entire time. He hasn't interacted with anybody, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll change that in just a bit. But uh, yeah, quick little interlude, great little interlude. Uh, moving on here to track seven. The more you talk, the less I hear. If anybody has seen the uh, Demi Moore movie Ghost, uh, that's basically this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's taking up pottery, bro, you know? <sighs> Righteous brothers. He's made himself, like, aware. Oh, she's, he, he, he's presented himself to her, right? Do you see me? Do you see me? Do I look okay to you? Give me your hand. I'll shake it and shake it again. Like, he's trying so hard to, like, get her to acknowledge him. this chorus here this 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 chorus to this day like i'm still a little kind of what is this referring to you know like they're trying to pry into my brain but i'm gone like still trying to figure out why he committed suicide oh the survivors oh yeah that's a, that's yeah. a good point i didn't think about it that way i don't care about anything thinking, else thinking right? about it for thinking about it for five seconds you've had 17 years Again, this is why I'm talking about this with a master. I'm not oh, a master. Sorry. I'm not a master of anything. I'm just a master baits, bro. Mm. <laughs> You're master of finding the good toilet. That's not a kid <laughs> That's a very important life skill. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. So it really does seem like he's found a way to communicate with her, right? Because That's what I'm thinking. Or, or he's there with her trying to communicate yeah like you laugh and i smile back to humor you if it's good for you it's good for me too it doesn't sound like they're fully like communicating but I, yeah you're right maybe he's just humoring himself to not feel alone anymore he's maybe just sitting there on her bed hmm. while she laughs or on the phone or something or talking with her friends and he's just kind of like pretending that he's part of the conversation have we lyric genius any of this uh, well, let me go. Let me go on to Larry Genius right now and find out. 
sure after 17 years somebody would have like said something about this song in particular you but i think so. we're on, i think we're on to something mm -hmm. as far as this song in particular no so there's somebody here has an annotation here about the about the bridge again men uh, mentioning the the kubla ross model of grief in the song mm. he realizes that his suicide was fruitless and that he's left with an eternal sense of longing for his lover that he is not able to resolve. There you go. And here is a, uh, a screenshot of the seven stages of grief. Hey, why don't you know, we, we brought that up as well. <laughs> ah, there's so many stages. Too many stages. The first only stage should be, get, get over done. it, pussy. If only you can I just should. get them all done in an hour. <laughs> yeah, instead you know, instead of like over the course of many years, like like your homeboy over right. here. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's haunting in its own way of like, you know, thinking that this could happen from people you've cared about in the past who have passed away. Oh yeah, I'm Mike's sure never lost anybody. Yeah, and I never will. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But lucky, yeah, lucky I can man. imagine like for somebody who's lost somebody very close to them, like this album in particular is about from the perspective of somebody of a spirit trying to reach their loved one. This is track eight, Basement Ghost Singing. Um, like from the perspective of a spirit trying to reach out to their loved ones, like that could be very affecting to like the audience, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it emo AF. Mm. It's emo with a purpose though, you know? You wouldn't get this album in the teens or the 20s. This is so mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. And it's like so of its time. But the, for the, but the storytelling, I think, has kind of transcended the era that it came out in. I think, I think if, you want a, if you want a good musical narrative, this album like holds up to this day, right? It's not just a nostalgia play. Um, this song is so fucking cool. I love the delay and the on the guitar work and it makes it again just like with um a, a little flight like it makes it seem so dreamlike him just kind of not leaving her house and just kind of making little hauntings throughout her house to try to again communicate with her any way he could possibly can by moving floorboards by singing a song that you that he can swear that she can hear like oh it's so beautiful oh hmm. You just, you know, I'm getting used to it. Just gonna hang out here, down yeah. here forever. I have my own routine now. I was mm -hmm. like that line always just like throws me. Like, man, again, what to do when you're dead? How do you develop a routine? Yeah, <laughs> just go find a chick yeah. that you liked and like, you know, <laughs> fuck with her for a little bit, I guess. Can't just like turn on Netflix and like watch some shows or something, you know? No, my my, my spirit hand can't even pick up the remote control. You don't have to worry about exercise. You don't have to worry about eating. You know, you're just there. <laughs> yeah. And according to that guide, you don't need to worry about sleeping, too. You will not dream. That is, like, one of the scariest things. Like, I get chills right. when I hear that. Like, you will right. not dream. Like, oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> don't put it that way, man. <laughs> oh, man. This song is so haunting, dude. Just the little delay on the guitars just make it seem so ethereal. Like we're literally talking through a ghost, and I wish the whole album kind of had that delay effect. We get old fast, of course, but like that's just how how affecting this song is. 
feels like this could be the the, the depression and sadness phase. Oh yeah, it sounds, and he sounds desperate too, because like again, he's mm-hmm. he's he's locked himself in her basement. He's just doing anything and everything he can to get her to notice him. But then he says, like, I'm gonna close my mouth now. You don't need more noise in your life. Yeah. So just like, well, I guess I'll just stop because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's a very depression kind of statement. But it doesn't even seem like, you know, he's he's. he's you know, being quiet to, you know, because you don't need any more notes, but he's not leaving, you know? If he actually didn't want to bother her, he would have left by now, you know? It, it, it just feels like he's trying to try different things, right? Like, well, I'm, you, you didn't respond to my singing, you didn't respond to me moving the floorboards, you're not responding to me changing the Netflix password, you know, it's, it's what, what, what's going to get through to you, girl? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Like, is he's not stuck there? He's choosing to stay yeah. there, right? Yeah, and I think that's what the song "Stay on the Ground" was all about. It was about him like learning how to gain full control over his spirit body, so that he can just do what he wants. He can do, you know, he can do the unfinished business that he set out here to to do. So we've got an extended outro here. So let's go ahead and move on now to track nine in three, two, one. Walking at night alone. Mm. Quick note too, since we also skipped ahead, like the the, the end of the previous song uh, bleeds perfectly into this song as well. Oh yes, beautiful production. Mm. The production was uh, made by uh, his his pen name is Machine. He also did uh, Illuminatio by uh, Chiodos, one of you know another one of our favorite albums of all time. Now, what's interesting about this song, Walking at Night Alone? Holding my I, breath, walking at night with you. I get to yeah. Hear you. So I wonder if he's just, again, just staying by her side with her not knowing? Or have they kind of developed a form of communication at this point? Because is this, is this her talking? Please stay with me. Please stay with me. You know, this is where we met back here again. He's, she's still visiting, you know, landmarks of their relationship. You know? Hmm. It's like, she's grieving. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> A great chorus, though. Which is an interesting, uh, you know, juxtaposition between a uh, previous song where he found out that, like, nobody else gave a shit that he was gone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I... Yeah, th- this this feels like it's from her perspective. Yeah, that's what that's kind of where oh, I've no. settled on it uh, for, you know, these past 17 years. It does feel like it's from her perspective. We're finally hearing her right. thoughts and, um, like, like what she thinks about it. They're walking together, but she yeah. doesn't know that. So for her, it's walking at night alone. Yeah. That could be, I'm sure lyric But this one here, I think, feels like this verse right here is like he's asking her, please talking, can you please keep talking to me now? Tell me about all about your new friends. Because I don't think I can, I don't think I can't hear you now. I'm listening, I'm listening. So they've either developed a way to communicate with one another, or it's just kind of going back and forth from their perspective of she's visiting landmarks, grieving, and He's just accompanying her 
without her knowing. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's kind of what it sounds like more. But there are hints that like they've communicated at some point. Right. And maybe for a while she was having conversations with him, not realizing that he was there listening. Yeah. Maybe yeah, she has like, an Ouija. Maybe she has an Ouija quiet. board. You know. Does Ben Jorgensen love me? <gasps> Why? <gasps> e? <gasps> yes. <laughs> but yes, definitely one of the greatest choruses on this. Oh, album. it's so catchy, man! Like throughout the entire album, like there's this catchy song after catchy song. Now we talked a lot about like sad stuff throughout this entire track by track. Track ten, though, dude. Track 10, though, bro. Come on. We'll get there in a bit. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and skip over to that right now because we just got like the final chorus here. So in three, two, one, I have been right all along. Have you, though? Have you, though? Uh, Well, let's see what he has to say about this one because... Okay. What I... He's waiting to tell you something you'll never believe. What I garnered from this song here is that he has, um, through his spirit powers, uh, seen the timeline of her whole life, right? And we'll get to that line in a bit. And I admit that I am not more than the scratch I left behind. So while she's still grieving the fact that, like, hey, my, my boyfriend fucking killed himself while we were together, or whatever the case may, may be, um, she's moved on and she's and he's not really a part the forefront of her mind anymore and that is fucking crushing like i left heaven i have painstakingly tried to reform my spiritual presence for you and learn to fly and learn to ground myself in this realm to come visit you and come spend time with you and have some unfinished business but you don't think of me anymore Emo AF, bro. <laughs> you can't turn off that you're dead. You just yeah, deal with it. You just deal with it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. And again, it's, it's lines like that that, like, back in the day, I was like, oh, that didn't rhyme. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it wasn't until later until I got over that bullshit that I was like, oh wow, that, like, that hits you so hard, dude. And even if you had kind of like checked out on the on the theme of this album, for, you know, by this track, like the fact that he says you can't turn off that you're dead, it almost like brings you back into that. Yeah. Because as you're trying to put together all the pieces, and you're, and then you're like, wait a minute, he's still dead. You know, here yeah. we are, you know, <laughs> forty minutes in. It's like, not like he, you know, possessed another living soul, and like now he's just living through right. that person now. And like this homeboy's isn't, still this dead. Isn't a Marvel. It's not a Marvel movie where you come back from the dead all the time. Yeah. So, you know, this is Death real life. means nothing in comic books because we keep bringing back our friends. Yay. <laughs> we like them. <laughs> so. Yeah. And so it's just like, like, we're, we're connected. Girl, you can't get rid of me even if I'm not here. And I'm going to be here and I have to be here. I'm never going to. I'm never going to leave you. So yeah. this is your fault. So get used to me. 
girl. Yeah, it's, it's like he's still kind of lingering in that denial phase, right? It's like so fucked up and like, and I get it, right? I mean, you find out that you're the, the person that you did all this for to have, you know, because you regret killing yourself for her, like, you know, has moved on and, you know, is probably in a new relationship. Who knows how many years it's been since, since Car Underwater happened. Right and like, you know, maybe this is what it is. Like she's found another partner, or maybe she's married with children, and you know, it, and it's been years now. And like, what do I do? I can't fuck. I like I've bonded my spirit form to you and your basement floorboards. Like, I what do I go? Like, do I go home? <laughs> what do I do now? Well, I was put then, here just you know, for just you. Also, fuck. Also knowing that he will never leave her like even if you look at it from a non-spiritual when somebody does this yeah that, exactly that never leaves you throughout your entire life so you're bonded forever through suicide mm-hmm. enjoy that america track 11 the final track here the end of a fraud man and we're gonna start here with the with the with the initial lyric i'm leaving again for a second time around he's Man. Going through his second death, so to speak, he's he's fucking off from believe, this realm. You better believe that this was all just a joke to me. Oh shit, dude! Are we are, are we are we ending on a on, on the bad ending? There's no happy ending I, here, bro. I think so. He's just like, well, fuck you, I'm out of here. Yeah. They never heard one sound out of my mouth. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like this was all a waste <laughs> it's of time. Not an acceptance. Yeah, it's not an acceptance. Yeah, it's like an anti-acceptance almost, you know? He's, right. He's, like, he's, he's gone full circle back into denial again. Right. And if it was like 50 years have gone by and now she's an old lady and he's like, ew, gross. I don't want an old lady. <laughs> We're not paying. <laughs> so he doesn't talk about like just floating off into the sun. Well, I think that's what the repeated line at the end is. You know, when he, when he goes back to... Um, the, that, that, that great line from the chorus of truth about heaven like don't believe that the weather is perfect the day you die like I think he's back in heaven and cause, cause he's given up what he wanted to do here on earth mm-hmm. and now he's back just living in the rain yep and it's almost like it's it's again a reminder like hey don't commit suicide even though you might be feeling that way yeah because it's not a good idea and that, <laughs> that's and what it boils and, and, down to with this depressing album is that you shouldn't suicide yeah <laughs> and i think that's a great lesson you know while we're rounding out our thoughts here on what to do when you're dead like the 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 overall themes and the narrative of this um album are feel bad moments like it, it, they're again the, the narrator doesn't have a happy ending it sounds like his ex you know moved on at least was able to grieve in her own way by visiting landmarks and processing it through her own way we don't really get much of her own perspective but you know at one point in her life she missed him but uh that's kind of the way life goes and this guy has been lost in his grief and he let his grief and his depression get the better of him and he ended up doing something that like he regretted in the afterlife and that's the sad part about it you know and that and that's the lesson just like you said adam like suicide affects everyone around us it's not just you it's not a right. and it's it's, it's it a cliched line it's a temporary solution to a permanent or te- t- permanent solution to a temporary problem right so it's there like 
fuck. This album's good, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very much so. You gotta work on your soul, not just, oh, this girl doesn't like me as much as I think she should. Mm-hmm. Your soul's broken, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, it, at the end, when you kind of process the story, process everything that the narrator went through, and the resolution to it, and the, his ex moving on, it's bittersweet, you know? He's still up in heaven, just kind of sulking in the rain, but uh, uh, hopefully, as a spirit, he's learned that grief is part of the process, and it, it, no matter how long it might take, I like to think that it, this album took place over decades, right? Like, it, no matter how long it may take, yeah. you eventually have to learn to let go, and you have to learn to accept at some point that like you know you may have regretted your death but you know you, you you eventually have to like live with what you did even if it's a disembodied spirit in heaven in the rain mm. great outro great outro mm-hmm. so i'm excited for uh you know the uh, the rain museum it's been 17 years i'm sure they sound just as good yeah, I mean that again. I know you haven't heard that song, but that song is the the lead single when the when that album was announced. It's freaking dope, bro. I think you're gonna. Really cool. I, I, I I think we got, I got high hopes for this album, and I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be great. Now I do like the bonus track that came up on my end of things. Yes, uh, um, very visible. Very invisible. Oh, that's right. Very invisible. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good song. song that that fit with the narrative so i'm kind of surprised they didn't add it but it would have made the album you know 49 minutes which nobody wants that yeah i think that i think that song lyrically is kind of a prequel to um car underwater too he's talking about like you know two years ago you broke down and cried to me and uh you know and you and and about how you couldn't be alone so it, it sounds like this was leading up to the events of car underwater uh so Mm -hmm. it would have been interesting to maybe put that at the beginning of the album but car underwater is such a great like intro to this to this album to this and to the story like it throws you right into the deep end to this man's suicide and like and 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 it for the audience it, it it introduces you to a mystery that you need to unravel by listening to the album as a whole so it's great, man. So I think it, I think it fits as a bonus track, right? It's it, you know, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, now the vinyl, the vinyl reissue in 2020 has a ton of songs that are different. Oh, it's really? Like car, car underwater, stay on the ground, like those are here. But I feel like the other eight, nine tracks on here are they, they all say demo. So I'm like, is, was there like? other songs that were added to this like it seems kind of weird i can't find any information about the vinyl reissue oh i wonder if that's been uploaded digitally to any streaming service do you have it like on amazon no i do not Mm, let me check uh let me check spoots really quick so over in wondering if these just alternate names for the songs that's possible i've seen a lot of um uh demo albums that have that yeah but that would be like almost every song has a different name except for car underwater and stay on the ground. Yeah. So Spotify does have the 15 year anniversary 
of this album and right after uh so track 12 starts with who's gonna lie to you and then yes. always a wish right. curse into a blessing and then a bunch of demos right. so and, and at least on wikipedia those first ones are all listed as, these are all listed as demos so i don't know like if these are just like alternate names or if these are other tracks that didn't make the uh the double album that they were working on here. <laughs> yeah. Or they could just be scrapped, you know, tracks as well. So uh, I, I imagine if they wanted to put this out earlier, they probably could have, especially with how successful this album was uh, critically. Um, and also commercially too. I think this made one Oh one on the billboard top 200 when it first came out. Right. Yeah. It's good for them. Well, this was, this was a band that was all over, you know, movies and all that kind of stuff in the mid aughts. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they were like they, a few of those tracks. I remember were in soundtracks of other, like you said, movies and things like that. I can't think of what it was at the top of my head, but yeah, they were they were kind of making a name for themselves. And then you know the much anticipated 2007 album Smile for them, also a concept album of sorts. Um, uh, I mean, what what do you think of that album? It's all right, right? Uh, I haven't listened to it in a long time, so I'm not sure. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, well, I think that's our official stance. It's all right. Uh, I mean, it's a concept of um, which, if you think about it, when it came out in 2007, kind of ahead of its time. Where um, imagine if like all of our lives were being filmed and broadcast on some sort of platform for social interaction at some point, and a lot of us were e- exploited uh, because of it you know so just just a thought it's a good thing that 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 uh that apocalyptic reality never came true mm. but just a thought <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah but I was, I, just that's at, I was just looking at the d plus review that uh something called stylus gave this album back in 2005 Ooh, really so. You got anything uh, interesting? I imagine armor for sleep shows are largely comprised of 13 to 16 year olds with their eyes squeezed shut, singing every (laughs) word to every song as if it was extracted from their very soul with a pair of rusty pliers. Jesus Christ. Who wrote this? (laughs) Somebody named Peter Funk. (laughs) Jeez, Peter, calm down. God, basically he's just saying it sounds like every other emo schlock that's out there. Um, well, I mean, it is emo AF, emo to the max, but like, come right. on, bro. Did you even, but did you, we, did you even lyrics? Perhaps said dead guy got that way through suicide or accident or something more malevolent. <laughs> but the important thing is that such an emotionally obvious stage serves the shouted choruses and anguished verses of lead singer Ben Jorgensen very well. <laughs> Jesus so. Christ. Well, then it's not subtle. (laughs) Let me read this here. Every song seems imbued, imbued. Is that a word? Imbued with some deeper meaning when it's been sung from the perspective of a dead guy singing to ex-girlfriend, visiting brokenhearted family, considering irreparable regrets. It's not subtle. It's more like a death by bludgeoning. (laughs) And is that a bad thing? Apparently, apparently. He gave uh, that, it a D plus. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes me want to look up uh, further reviews uh, from one Peter Funk and see what, uh, what, what kind of music taste is. I mean, All Music gave it four out of five. Drowned in Sound gave it five out of ten. Melodic gave it two and a half out of five stars. 
Yahoo Music said it was favorable. Good job, Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it got mixed reviews. Yeah, so which is interesting. But a lot of those are, you know, mainstream outlets. And, you know, back in 2005, in the mid-aughts, emo was still kind of a bad word. You know, yeah. it, was, it was a punching bag. It was like, oh, look, what's it what those kids are listening to, you know? So mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But but amongst people who are fully into this scene and to this music style, like this was quietly like a, you know, a little bit of a masterpiece. You know, we, we always talk about three cheers for sweet revenge. We talk about, um, you know, define the great line and still searching and you know, all those bands from Armor for Sleep's peers. But, you know, uh, I, I wish what to do when you are dead was kind of brought up uh, amongst those at the, from with, with the same reverence and with the same frequency as those other albums okay cool well adam that's enough about albums that we've been listening to from 15 years ago what are we listening to now albums from 26 years ago good god we need to be stopped (laughs) (laughs) come on that's just me that's just me finally finishing out or not, not quite finishing out but you know on my way to finishing out Dio, who I should have listened to years and years ago, but never sounds never like it, man. Like sounds like you've just in, been enjoying Dio's music, like from the moment you first heard him in uh, in, in, in a Black Sabbath. It it is interesting since he is the embodiment of the heavy metal vocalist. Um, and yes, Strange Highways was quite the gem of 1993. So I was hoping Angry Machines would serve the same route since it still had pretty much the same band uh, for that album. Um, so you got your, your, your Tracy Grijalva, also known as Tracy G from glorious, exotic, Whittier, California, as we discussed last week. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that uh, he brings he's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> well, this dude can play guitar, which is great. Him and uh, James Hetfield, I think are from Whittier. So. James Hetfield's from Whittier. No way. Yep. Yep. Wow, that place is a shithole. <laughs> I know. But maybe back in the 60s when these guys were born, maybe it was better. I don't know. Um, this album's all right. This Angry Machines album from 1996. Um, yeah, this was the one where after it, they said, we like. I don't know if it was more pressure from a label or what, but they were like, you guys should probably go back and make more albums about fantastical, mythical beasts and whatnot. So uh, Dio was like, yeah. And Tracy G was like, fuck you, I'm out of here. So he left the band <laughs> after this one. Um, there's some good songs on here, but I can't say like anything super duper stands out. It's about a six out of 10. It's got, it's got all the pieces. It's heavy. It's, it, it, it would fit with 1996. It's not like Trent Reznor kind of stuff or anything like that. But, you know, it's hard to tell where, you know, the, the, the tail end of grunge was happening around that time. And here's like this heavy metal album that would have fit right into the late eighties. Still, it didn't really have a place. So I don't think it like did that great. It went Mm. to number 44 in Germany, but that's about it. (laughs) Well, again, you know, we also uh, got to consider the time period that this came out in, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. grunge was the, the hot shit and people, I, I, I want to say that, like, you, you would probably know better than me, but, like, I want to say that, like, people were very much over, you know, music that sounded like the 80s at that point. 
I think so. And that was where do you like, like the sound, this is not eighties sounding, but it still was probably considered, you know, dad rock at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what I was in, uh, implying. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad. It just wasn't like anything super duper great, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, but 2000 Magica concept album. I have no idea what's going on, but I can give you a synopsis <laughs> of what Dio said about the concept. All right. Um, and I can, we can determine if it's real or not. Okay. But again, check out these, these album arts. I don't know if you're looking at the album arts. For yeah, these. I've got them on yeah, epic. I'm Googling them as you say them, but this okay. looks like the, the, the cover of like a D and D expansion pack. Like a, the, the, for, for Magicka, it's like, whoa, this is like the fucking like boss. You got to fight. Like when you, when you guys get to the end of your campaign, it's fucking dope, bro. Right. This is the one that has the audio book as track 14. Oh shit. The yeah. That's awesome. story of, of, of Magicka. So, um, yeah, this album's good though. I, I, <laughs> especially because it doesn't sound like anything. It definitely doesn't sound like 2000. That's for sure. Um, but like by 2000, this kind of sound was kind of like it was welcomed, <laughs> you know, if it, if it wasn't corn and Limp Bizkit and Creed and you didn't want to listen to any of that stuff, this was probably going to be perfect for you. Yeah. I feel like in the age of time. new metal, like heavy metal did kind of have its, yeah, kind of welcome back kind of, uh, homage, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Cause you know, the, the new metal crowd was, was the, the teens and the tweens and the early twenties guys. But probably if you were closer to 30, this would have probably been right up your alley at that point. So, um, yeah, th- there's only nine tracks on here, even though technically it says 72 minutes of a runtime, but you know, you take away 18 minutes of, of the audiobook at the end. Um, it's, you know, it boils down to 54 minutes at that yeah, point. Like a, a, a decent got, heavy metal length. Yeah. And then it's got like two openers and it's got two closers that are like less than two minutes each. So it really does bookend really well. And the concepts are interesting in their own way, even though they don't make sense. It's written from like the villain's perspective of this like magical mythical land. Um, And how he's, he's like the villain is fighting the two heroes in it. Um, track six and track seven are called Ariel and Chalice. And those are like the two heroes. So like those songs are just kind of about that. Now listening to the songs, n- no idea. It doesn't break it down anymore. So <laughs> all, all I know is that listening to it is, is good. It's there. There's no like, I, there, there's nothing here that like Dio didn't want here. It wasn't like there was any media insiders or, or a, you know, record label people who were just like, Oh, you should do this and that to be more marketable. Like, Nope, it's, it's all there. And there's some pretty epic guitar stuff going on. Um, and yeah, I, I'll read the concept here. Um, yes, said Dio, Magica is the saga of blessing, a nether world invaded by dark forces that vaporize people into pure evil energy. The planet's saviors are master apprentice heroes, Ariel and Chalice, who must recite a spell from the sacred book of Magicka to defeat their foe, Shadowcast. The album is written from the villain's viewpoint. I took on the evil perspective because I've always written from the anti-perspective. 
Most people don't think in those terms, so you are freer to create. I left the ending ambivalent because evil always exists. Good doesn't always triumph. Hell yeah. And that's the, un- and that's the universal balance. Well, that's and a I cool like, concept, at least. <laughs> Dio is the embodiment of evil. I've just now officially uh, figured that out. This so Shadowcast is that <laughs> creature on the album art, you think? I would say yes. That he looks like a shadow cast. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. So there was supposed to be like two more Magicka albums that he was going to be working on. I'm sure um, those will come out any day now. I know. He only he only recorded one song that ended up on like the deluxe edition they did ah, on for this one in 2013. Um, so that was unfortunate because he so because um, they they started working on killing the dragon, which I don't know why. For for the next album, he didn't kind of stick with the Magicka theme, but he kept that one a little bit more just focused on normal Dio stuff. And then he got back with the the Black Sabbath guys to kind of start working on the Heaven and Hell stuff. And so that took up that time. And then, you know, he passed away shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Like when they were starting to work on the next stages of Magicka and they got the one song recorded. So, um, but no, I really enjoyed Magicka quite a bit. There's, we boil it down, there's only nine tracks on there but the two bookends at the front and the back make it really really cool um and yeah it's just it's just some good songs um as long as it's not about love is <laughs> probably my standout track on there <laughs> oh i thought you were saying that like these are great songs as long as they're not about love i'm like oh okay oh, that's no. <laughs> a track that's a track name okay <laughs> when you, but when you think about it from like the anti-hero perspective like that song makes even more sense in the concept or in, in the, you know, concept, I guess, of the album. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed. So I know you said you were having like a hard time, like following the overall concept, but like, does it from what you're telling me, does it, it kind of sounds like it's the villains, maybe thoughts and experiences as these two heroes are trying to take him down. I think so. Okay. I think so. I'm not sure. I haven't jumped into the lyrics like really heavy. So I don't know. It's just, it's got a good feel. It's got some really good hooks in it. Um, I put this one kind of up there with, with strange highways. Now, do you recommend people listen to this with that audio book or do you think this is, this just could stand alone just without that 18 minute track? Yeah. I mean, I only listened to the audio book once like the first time I listened to the album. That's why you don't and, understand the concept, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and it was, it was so buried and stuff. So is it you know. like just like an audiobook where it's just a guy talking or is there like music mm-hmm. in the background? Mm. Sound I don't effects? Think there was any nothing music like in that? The background. No, mm. no. He's just reading a story. However, I, I can imagine how many pages it is for 18 minutes. That's, yeah, that's that's that could be like a good thirty pages, right? Yeah, there. that's a couple know. chapters. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I meant to go back and re-listen to it, but I was just like, no, I'd rather move on to other albums to listen to. So, uh, but but no, this was fun. I don't know if uh, anybody we know would like this album. I don't know if you would like this album, but I like that album. I like concept <laughs> albums. This might be a cool one right. to jump into. So then, jumping into two thousand two's "Killing the Dragon," well. Took a little bit of a step backwards on this one. I can tell kind of what he was going for. It's a very like anti-technology kind of album. And Dio was very much 
writing songs about how technology was like destroying us from the inside and whatnot. And I was Ooh, just like, I'm so what could you be talking about reality? <laughs> so um, the dragon was the symbolization of, you know, computers and whatnot. So I, I didn't care for this album as much, by the way, Magica, I gave a seven out of nine to um, killing the dragon. I gave a five out of 10 kind of mm, in that 50, sounds 50 like vein. Adam's in the pocket of big technology. If you ask me, I might be so both Magica and, Oh, sorry. Uh, Magica. He brought back Craig Goldie for guitar duties. And that was the guy who was on the dream evil album. Mm. And on this album, uh, killing the dragon is a man named Doug Aldrich, which I had never heard of before, but apparently he's been in a bunch of, uh, bands that were big in the eighties and very, very good guitar player. There is a single on here called push that, uh, the tenacious D guys are in the video for, which is pretty funny. Oh, cool. Like that's tenacious D they're playing, um, heaven and hell from black Sabbath in front of like a record store and change, like changing the lyrics, like almost like Jack black doesn't know the real lyrics. So he's just kind of like adding <laughs> his own improv lyrics. And then like Dio walks up to them and is like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and, then, and then they kind of like jump into the music video. And, and then at the end, Jack and Kyle are being silly. So you know, it's kind of funny. It's not a great, song or video really but it had a funny moment <laughs> so yeah and then um so i can't say too much about killing the dragon and then master of the moon 2004 i'm listening to now yet another epic artwork there holy shit <laughs> but, i know it's so fucking cool dude <laughs> so i'm still absorbing this one it's not standing out too crazy for me yet but craig goldie is back in the band for this one so um i'll finish up my dio journey this week with that album that's awesome dude man it sounds like you've been having an epic time with this that's awesome it's been very interesting but i uh, can't say too much more for the next couple of albums I listened to. Oh, you mean some recent Viva, stuff that we listened to? Viva Las Vengeance. Hmm. So Chaos. I was convinced to jump in on this, you know, from what you've told me, you know, it's, it's whatever, right? Again, controversy acknowledged. But uh, yeah, Viva Las Vengeance, I think this is Panic at the Disco's worst album. Uh, I mean, that second album is pretty bad. But this might be up there with it. This, yeah, sure. there's nothing really interesting or grounding in this one. And we're kind of digging more into that um, Brendan Yuri ego trip that like we've had yeah. before, right? Like, particularly the last two albums are very egocentric. <coughs> Excuse mm -hmm. me. But what gives those songs from those albums a pass that they're interesting songs and they're catchy and you enjoy listening to them these songs are just egocentric and they're just not interesting <laughs> or fun to listen to so i don't know what's going on with this album i don't know why it took so long to make this album but uh i don't know dude i stopped listening to it on thursday so i gave it seven albums. listens yeah so i think I, I made it till thursday as well um Man, and like all the all the seventies references are there, and it's 
I mean, you, I could see that he's thinking like, man, I'm bringing the seventies to a new generation. People who haven't heard of queen, they're going to love this. And it's like, everyone's Ew. heard of queen. <laughs> Brendan Urie. Stop. You're not avant-garde. <laughs> There's so many songs on here that I would put as like worst songs of the year. Oh, local God, dude. Maggie. Yeah. Something oh, about ooh, Maggie. God. Oh, I ooh, hate that and, one. But it, it got, and it would get stuck in my head and I'm just like, fuck, I have this local God song in my head. I'm like walking around my kitchen singing it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really just angled banger. <laughs> God, banger. I barely know her. Oh God. Sad clown is the one where he's like trying to do like the 7,000 different layers of vocals. Yeah. Like Freddie Mercury. And it's like, no. And those, that's the one that's written with the, with the Elsa and Anna people from frozen. And it's like, who, who told you this was a good idea? Yeah. Hans Christian Anderson. No, no, that's the fucking Arthur. It's a uh, Christian Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Oh, right. Yeah. Hans Christian Anderson is the writer of the snow queen. <laughs> My bad. And then something about Maggie. It's okay. It's okay. Run away. Run away. Yeah. <laughs> hit your boy. Like, just every- hit your boyfriend back. Oh, that's great <laughs> advice. It's great advice from a man who oh. traditionally gives really good advice, especially on stage. Oh, fuck. I know. This, yeah. This, I, that, that's what I think this one, like, kind of really pushes itself <laughs> over the edge of being, like, the, not only the worst Panic at the Disco album by far, because um, I, I, I don't think any of those. I, I mean, like the yeah, the second album is pretty bad, but like this one's just like uninteresting. At least there's interesting ideas in that sen- in the second Panic at the Disco album, and it's not so much like, "Hey, everybody, look at me! I'm the greatest pop star in the world." Brendan, like, oh right. my god, right? I still gave it a four out of twelve, like I said last week. Mm. Like those four songs, I liked "Middle of a Breakup." And don't let the light go out. I liked Sugar Soaker. <laughs> I did like that song. <laughs> yeah, that and, mean, uh, I mean, if I were <laughs> if I were thinking critically, that song was probably like my favorite song. Like, it's a okay. shame too because like Viva Las Vegas was supposed to be like the big hit single, like catchy one that like um you know because there's always that like, uh, that one that sticks around on all the Panic at the Disco albums, and I, you can tell that Viva Las Vegas is probably supposed to be that one. It's one of the most generic songs on these 12 tracks is, which is, which is an unfortunate thing, but yeah, starts mm-hmm. yeah. W- w- yeah. Sugar soaker is probably the one I would listen to the most. If you give it, if you gave me all those songs in front of me, like, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. And then I keep, I kept on thinking all by yourself was a good song. And then like the chorus would hit and I just be like, ah, <laughs> especially like the second time the chorus came on, you're just like, oh man, that's really annoying. Yeah. So, it, it, it's, it's this song I think really I'm done with this band. jumps over the, the hump of being obnoxious, just, just mm-hmm. full on obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> I, I ended up scoring this, a total score of 3.5, which puts it just slightly over Hell, in, hell is in your head by uh, Senses Fail. I'm going to talk about obnoxious. Dang. Slightly. So, this yeah. one for me is like leaps and bounds above that one. But <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> Not for me, baby. Oh, boy. Hell is in your head. I have, I have too much to say about that album. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so, it's a shame, well, dude. I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm done with Panic at this point. Like, I haven't been impressed for a long time. Yeah. Like, 
2013 was the last time I was like thoroughly impressed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I might give another album a, a, a chance, but if it takes four years again, I'm like, nah, forget it. Like nah. th th this, this is far you know, past its prime and uh, unless the next album is a gigantic leap forward and it's changed pop music forever. And Pen Brendan Urie is a changed man, you know, <laughs> like he's, and he's made it, he's made it a point to be like a good person. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Brendan right. Urie, like no, no, probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I mean, he has all something... the songwriters, all yeah. the producers, everybody around him that he, that he needs to make Got an that... album that sounds good. But, Got that it's Disney, got that Disney money too. So like, whatever, dude. Like, exactly, exactly. They wrote "Show Yourself." They wrote "Let It Go." They couldn't make that sad clown song <laughs> worth listening to one iota. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. So, um, I, I'm gonna I think briefly, you're right. I'll briefly talk about the Goo, Goo Dolls, which is there's not much to say this time around, Mike. That was my I fear. Know. I know we're kind of on the upswing. I think with our last two releases, boxes and miracle pill were pretty good. I thought, um, but this one was man. It's like, it's hard to imagine creating an entire album that sounds like this. It's like you put in so much effort. You guys are gifted and talented songwriters, but where did it go? Mm. And who told you that this sounded like a good album? So this is the Chaos question. in Bloom from oh, August 12th, right. <laughs> uh, an album that we completely passed over and we were just reminded this past right. week that it came out. I saw like just a random article popped up from USA Today saying like, John Resnick talks about losing his voice. And then I clicked on it <laughs> and I was like, oh, their album came out last week. What? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so I, I started listening to it right away and... Um, I mean, there's there's four tracks out of ten that I would listen to. Mm. It's, you know, forty percent. But uh, man, it's not very fun to listen to. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they, I they, they've kind of been there at this point, right? It's one of those things where, like, you <clears> listen <throat> to the first two tracks and you give them a pass, but you're like, "Am I just giving these a pass because they're the first tracks <laughs> and they have kind of catchy choruses?" Like, it's this is so bland and. Yeah, they, they've Unexciting. kind of done that uh, historically. They kind of you know front load their albums with like some of the the, right. the best stuff. You know, it's it's a very big label, major label thing to do. I think. And then I know day after day that was a pretty good song. That that was at least like where they're like pushing the envelope and doing something that sounds like kind of outside the box. But everything else was just the same stuff. Robbie still sounds so like like I don't know why he still writes songs for these albums, but does, if, yeah, some, I was gonna like ask, every does, 10 does years, Robbie, still have, does Robbie get his contractually obligated one punk song? On two this? songs. Oh, he gets his two songs that there's nothing like just his voice, the gravelly side of side of it makes it sound a little bit more punk, but man, for a guy that wrote some of the, some great songs on those metal albums a hundred years ago now, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what happened shame. here? <laughs> that's a shame, man. Man. So that's fine. I'm just going to put this band in the rear view for now. Um, don't bother listening to it, Mike, unless you want the cringe factor. <laughs> I mean, you know, Superstar Car Wash, Boy mm -hmm. Named Goo, mm -hmm. Jed. Hold me up. Pull me, hold me up. Don't well, talk, don't no, no, not Jed. I'm sorry. Hold me up. I always get this confused. Uh, yeah, Dizzy, Dizzy up, the up Girl. The girl. I know you're, you're not a big fan of his songs on that album, 
but like I told you before, if you listen to him for 20 years, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to cheer you up with like the names of really, really, really good albums. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. were some good years. Gutter flower, gutter flower, bro. Some songs and let love in bro. And then kind of, you know, and downhill from you know, there. We don't have to. No, 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 no. Don't think about those ones. That's fine. That's fine. He's 56 years old and he's like, I still don't want to quit. And I got all these ideas for new songs and like, okay, how long are you guys going to go here? Like, whatever. Maybe you should <laughs> just get into like songwriting and like help the next generation, bro. Become as successful right. as you. You can still get paid for that. I know. I promise you'll still get paid, John Resnick. But as he said in that article where he's lost his voice he said i don't have any other skills <laughs> like you could be like i said you could be things. a songwriter bro songwrite for other people go into music production or something stop ruining Maybe the legacy of the goo goo dolls i know i know but moving on it'll be okay so you, let's talk about Silver Sun pickups. Yes. <laughs> Waiting for you to fill in that sentence. I'm like, I'm looking at this like songwriting credits that Limp Biscuit and Johnny Resnick, Wish You Were Here, America, a tribute to heroes, 2001. I'm like, what the fuck? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what, what a weird sentence you just said. Uh, I like, know. But apparently they did a song, Wish You Were Here, but it was probably, yeah, Pink Floyd cover song. Probably sounds like it. Johnny Resnick, 2001. But Silver Sun Pickups. Speaking of an album that almost passed us over, Physical Thrills. What's going going on with us missing albums that we want to listen to here? Uh, Marketing, bro. I guess. Um, So I like this album. I like this album a lot. A lot. What do you think? I like this album kind of. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. What What were you... Uh, yes. What were you feeling? I think there. I think this is an album of great ideas, hampered by somewhat mediocre expect. Uh, I'm sorry, execution. I think some of these songs, even though they're like kind of averaging around three and a half minutes, I think some of them kind of feel a little too long. I I, I feel like we don't we didn't like for example, there's some songs that we didn't really need that final chorus repeated like it could have just ended where you ended um but but there are some like fantastic ideas in here um i think system error is my favorite song on here i think that's a really cool and funky song um the 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 baseline on that song is just fantastic there's a song mm-hmm. in here where i can I'm sorry i can't remember i don't remember the name of it maybe you can help me out where it's just full-on wah pedal you know and, and wah pedal has been kind of traditionally used as kind of like an accent for like a bridge or like a cool part in the chorus but they wrote an entire song around the wah pedal and that sounds like it could be annoying but they really made it work for for that one song and i'm sorry i don't mm. again i don't know I don't, I don't remember the name of the song but um that's kind of how i felt about it like I, I, it's just some of the songs are meandering some of the songs are really cool and they're there's some good ideas in here and I don't know if I just need some more time with it, but uh, perhaps maybe you can uh, talk me out of why I'm thinking it's a little middling. <laughs> um, 
Man, I'm just trying to bring up the fucking track listing, but my phone is deciding it's not a good idea. So, um, yeah, I listened to this one on Friday and I was having a pretty good day on Friday. Um, (laughs) and let's see. Track five scared together is the one I'm talking about with the wah pedal. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I can't find too much on here at all that I dislike. Um, I like how the dream tempo songs break it up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, sticks and stones I felt was a good song. And, um, I, I mean, I, I, I can't really pick like a song that I don't like. I'm, I'm almost like feeling this could be a perfect album. Whoa. Cool. And yeah. Sticks and stones kind of really boy. reminded me of like a Radiohead song, like very good kind of in rainbows type of era mm-hmm. Radiohead. So there's like, again, there's like cool stuff in here, but I kind of, at least from my perspective, the Jedi are evil, but uh, also <laughs> I, I wish some of the execution would have been a little stronger. You know, I, sometimes I feel like with some of the cool ideas, like, you know, even with the wah pedal thing, like they didn't, they, they could have gone further with it. I feel like it, but it, it's just kind of, you know, it, it, it kind of plateaus pretty easily for each of these songs with their cool ideas, but I, I didn't feel like it elevated in any way. Okay. I felt it all worked out and maybe with more listens, it'll creep in a little bit more for you. That's what I'm thinking with it, with an album as experimental as this is, I think I just need a little bit more time with it. And since there's, nothing coming out this week uh, you know except if you missed hmm. tiny moving parts maybe i'll just kind of keep listening to this one and see if it's see if it sticks a little bit more okay yeah i i, I thought that you would probably dig it as much as i did it's kind of surprised i'm getting so, there um, did you did you I, go feel back like I'm and there. refamiliarize yourself with widow's weeds before listening to it as well just once but you know i i already love widow's weeds and uh and yes. i've listened to that a lot right. last year or sorry not last year in 2019 so you know my mind hasn't really changed much on it but it's so good yes i hadn't listened to that one for all that time so just like oh yeah i did really like this album yeah so this like that led me in perfectly into this one after a while so yeah it's it sat with me really really well well, it's good to hear, man. Like this is this is one of those bands where I feel like, uh, for you at least, they can kind of go either way. Like you, you, you'll be like super into it, or you just be like, nope, not for me, not at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even Dawn liked this album. I I was listening to this one morning. And she was like, "Who is that?" She thought it was some '80s band. And I was like, "Oh, nice." Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so Panic like, at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she listened to it in the car, and she was like, "Whoa, that album was really good." And then we turned it on on Friday and had a fun afternoon with it as well. And I was like, all right, I can see the music. This is fun. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like one of those albums that like, let's say theoretically, if you were taking any sort of like mind altering substance that this album would like maybe hit you a little bit differently. Those of us who listened to this completely sober this past week, you know, maybe, maybe not so much, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I think I just need a little bit more time with it. I think it's a little, I think it might be, pushing a little too far in the experimental realm and i'm not always like fully down with that immediately so i think i just need to kind of process some of these songs a little bit more okay that makes sense um so this week i'm listening to 
Ethel Kane. I know I mentioned that on yes. Friday. Again, we got know a, Ethel. We got a we got a we got a dry week ahead of us. So you know, in right. case you missed it, you know, uh, tiny moving parts uh, uh, announced the official release of their self-titled album. We already did a track by track review a few weeks ago, so you can go check that out as well if you want to if you want something new to listen to. Uh, but yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll reiterate our thoughts next week. I'll give it a couple more listens just to see if my opinion on it has changed at all. But uh, yeah, okay. yeah, Ethel Kane for you. So you know, we got so another dry week. Mm-hmm. She is frightening at times and kind of a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I'm I'm learning to accept it. Um, I'm like three listens in so far, and I'll give you a more thorough review next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I decided to go backwards with Dio to go listen to his band before Black Sabbath, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. So uh, that's been an enjoyable, different realm. I'm listening to 2004 heavy metal Dio and then like this 1975 more bluesy rock Led Zeppelin-y kind of sounding of Dio. So uh, that that song, Man on the Silver Mountain, I freaking love that song. Mm. I'm sure you'd recognize it, but then again, you don't you, you don't remember too much classic rock, so maybe you won't. But yeah, it classic is rock wasn't song. really a, a genre that was prevalent for me growing up right. because you know that stuff is that's that stuff is the devil. And Richie Blackmore is the guitar player for Deep Purple, so his you know smoke on the water riff was all the all the jam back in the day so it's fun to listen to that and they they had three albums with dio before he left so i'm I'm gonna listen to those three albums and then uh yeah master of the moon 2004 finish up my dio journey nice dude awesome well i am having some two years the aftermath Oh, yes, I am listening to that. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I have been listening to Coheed and Cambria. Thank you for asking, Adam. Uh, but... <laughs> All right, so, Afterman, colon, Ascension. All right, so, there's a lot to talk about. All right, so, buckle yes, in, folks. I talked, about it. I talked about it a lot several weeks ago, but yeah, we talk about it again. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll reiterate our thoughts together on this. Now that we're on this journey together, baby. All right. Yeah. A lot to unpack. This is get started with this key entity garbage. All right. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Domino no, the, the, the Destitute Bro. What a great, great song. Man, Vic I just was listened a to it yesterday. Fucking butcher, bro. Yeah. Man, that's like, I, I don't know. That's like one of the best songs they ever wrote <laughs> right there. I was about to say <laughs> that. It might be Coheed and Cambria's best song I've heard so far shit mm-hmm. and yeah just the the overall concept is starting to come together uh now like i feel like out of it's all little... of them like this album does a really good job of at least painting a better picture of a broader universe yes. it might be the you know the the it's like oh key entity or you know key entity found like the, that kind of disembodied voice yeah key, but key yes. entity approaching the fucking of the all mother yeah yeah and then like you know the the taking a break from the song to kind of commentate on a boxing match and Domino the Destitute Bro and like all these like little aspects that kind of really elevate this album to be more than just the sum of its parts and I think they finally kind of got that formula right with this album here and and nicely condensed into 40 minutes yeah and it doesn't you know 
take itself too seriously. I feel like it might also mm-hmm. be that I've been listening to these this band for like five weeks now. But <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it I, I really feel like this might be like a good just jump into it. And if you do jump into it, don't worry too much about the story because like I feel like some of these songs are you know they stand alone and it kind of they stand hints. they stand alone yeah quite a bit and, and I, I, I like I, I was i absorbed the album and then started reading about all of these key entity characters mm-hmm. i was like oh okay then it like even just exploded my mind even more so right at that point yeah. and yeah and 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 I, again yeah it, it hints at a wider universe which you know the other albums uh you know, we'll fill in some other details as well. But if you want more lore and fantasy and sci-fi, like all that stuff's out there. And if you, and I think this album's like a good jumping on point because of that stuff. Yes. The, the middle stages were like those three tracks are just more about his, his wife or girlfriend that he yeah. left behind Mary, like I feel like those are are like the slower moments um, of the album. Like the, the track, the Afterman is probably my least favorite song on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then it just kind of like takes off at that point. And, it's, it, and, and even on subsequent listens, like those tracks got better and better um, even throughout the story side of things. So I, I don't know how far into the story you were able to get so I'm trying not With to read ahead. Tracks. Like I want to read okay. them like as okay. I listen to the album because that's probably the best way, f- at least from my perspective. Uh, again, which the Jedi are evil. Don't believe the lies of the Jedi. Always, uh, but uh, Always. If, if that's the way from my perspective, I can at least gain the same perspective as like the the the, the hardcore fans did. Like they got the story as it came out, right? Uh, so I don't want to mm-hmm. read ahead and start filling in gaps until maybe know all of it's behind me um but uh yeah but like you said with those those three tracks in the middle with the afterman and mothers the mothers of men and uh good night fair lady like they are like kind of like the slower tracks right but they are so punctuated by those key entity extraction songs that like it really they those those songs are made better because of the songs around them right right but yeah domino the destitute like just listening to that it's like how did you do this i mean like all, all the cool stuff that was there for for a good apollo 2 like it, it's all kind of just thrown in to to that track as well and like i said there's a boxing match in the middle of it yeah and and it doesn't <laughs> and it doesn't take away from the song at all like the music's still playing no. like we're going to like a nice extended mm-hmm. bridge through and like we've got like this old timey mm-hmm. announcer just kind of like doing the play-by-play and it and, it, and right. you're so and you're still invested because like you've been listening to the lyrics and you're you're, you're learning about this guy domino who's an upcoming boxer right. and stuff and like and this is like this big match where like like you know i think the match like takes place after his brother committed suicide right from if, if I'm following like the, the yeah. lyrics correctly, but like I haven't reread it yet. Yeah, <laughs> or in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he's like already in like a bad place, but like at the same time, uh, Cyrus is like living his life because his soul has has entered him. So he's like living that life with him and trying to like fight out of that. Yeah, and so, like the all mother yeah. like is made aware of his presence through like his 
frequency that he's putting out or something. I know we're talking gibberish yes. if, we, if you're just jumping in, right? <laughs> if you if you saw this podcast because of the Armor for Sleep title and you, you you're continuing to listen, you're continuing to listen. Thank you for joining us. But like, yeah, we're talking gibberish. But like, <laughs> I think in the context exactly. of the album, it makes sense, right? So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 just so fascinating. And again, you get that just from listening to the album and and, and absorbing mm-hmm. that so th- like th- that that's why i really appreciate this one mark because i feel like it's a great introduction to the wider world even though we're like six albums in at this point mm-hmm. yeah and that was the cool part of it so like yeah dissension is just kind of the, ex- the 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 second half of the story there where he comes back and and he's trying to figure out how to how to live his life now that he's experienced this and and and, and but even going through the first, or you know, key key entity extraction five, um, which is track two on dissension, like that's where you get into like the really cool shroom core kind of stuff with the story behind Sentry the Defiant, mm. um, and going into his mind and changing changing his perception inside of his mind about like how this you know thing went down between him and and Vic, so. But Cyrus is able to do that to finally like fight it off. So, you know, and then he comes back to earth or whatever earth he is and is like, okay, now how do I live my life back here after experiencing this and knowing all this and knowing that the world may not accept that this is the truth that's out there. So, and then he sort of goes downhill i don't think it's been stated enough though that claudio sanchez is a legit crazy person but what a a fascinating crazy person (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing and then that's kind of where like the the album after dissension um uh, what's called the color before the sun which has no concept to it at all and like it's like it feels like a letdown (laughs) for when you get to that point (laughs) because you're expecting this high concept stuff and it's just like, oh, here, here's just some songs about, you know, you know, the struggles with having a relationship and being a parent and all that. And you're just like, oh, okay. But, but after all this like high concept stuff, experience. maybe it's okay to take a break <laughs> for a little exactly. while. Exactly. <laughs> right. But it's like so like you're you're you feel like you're missing something at that point. So <laughs> anyway, you'll get to that the week after next. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. If you want to, to. I'm excited to get <laughs> into the descension, but uh, you also recommended that I, while I'm listening to this, I go into the bonus tracks as well. I really like the bonus tracks. Yeah. Cause um, dark side of me, Carol Ann and random reality shifts. Um, I, especially Carol Ann is an incredible song that I wish could have fit somewhere into the regular album, but it, it does work out really well as kind of an epilogue to the story I think. Cool. So um, definitely check those out. I know it's an extra 15 minutes onto the album. Yeah. But you know, it's not, I guess they're pushing an hour at that point, but like it's, it's not over yeah. an hour. So I think I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Cause I didn't listen to those three tracks until <clears throat> way after I had absorbed the two albums. So then I listened to it. I was like, Oh shit, these would have been great inside of this. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. The, where is that third track? Dark Side of Me on the iTunes bonus edition is just a remix version because that's track eight. Mm, okay. Um, we might be skip that one then. So yeah. Okay. There's Carol Ann. 
random reality shifts. And I thought there was a third one somewhere, but I'm not seeing it on Wikipedia. But um, yeah, if you want to check out just like the deluxe edition, you know, that kind of makes sense because I will it's do that albums together and then three bonus tracks and then like just some acoustic tracks on top of that. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that towards the end of the week though. Just kind of absorb yeah. the entire thing. And yeah, you know, I'm sure it was meant to be listened to all at once. Yeah. I think it works really well all at once. So, Oh, the homecoming, that's the other bonus track. That, that's technically a bonus track on Ascension for the deluxe edition. Which I think it's supposed to like, yeah, like the homecoming, I think is supposed to bridge the two albums together. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, I guess I got to listen to that first then. <laughs> there. Yeah. So on the, on the deluxe edition, at least what I have on Amazon, like it goes the homecoming Carol Ann and then random reality shift. And for me, those three tracks were very good. Now I have no idea how to rate this album or these albums like on my lists, because I can't just like throw the deluxe edition into one year because both these albums came out in different years. So I'm like, do I throw in Ascension to uh, 2012? Do I throw in Descension to 2013? Do I put the two together and just throw them all into 2013? Follow your heart, Where do the man. bonus tracks fit into this mix? I'm, I'm really confused. I can't do it because this is, this is going to fall into my, you know, best albums ever realm but follow like, your is heart it two albums? Is it one album i i just i, I don't know I, I don't know where to put it so i'm it might it might be like a stadium arcadium kind of thing yeah whatever whatever just, it takes for you to to kind of pad that uh <laughs> pad that uh that score <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> <laughs> right 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 so, on dude uh, so I, hope, I i i think you'll like dissension if you like ascension yeah i think so too it's from from the sounds of it it's just giving me more of what i really liked about this album so right on yeah. i'm excited for that folks uh i i don't remember if we said this on air but like uh we're going to be uh, at least once a month we are going to be doing uh a, a rendition of our new segment the greatest song in the world which is, i think is what we're settling on uh and uh yes. so we're going to be doing that on next week's episode so adam do you have a song in mind already or I do. Nice. Yes, I've been well, thinking about it. I came up with like 75 songs, but <laughs> good. I think you have I plenty of content for it? years and years and years. Should we announce it now? No, absolutely it? not. We'll okay. do it privately. But uh, I mean, my my songs are for now at least are ones that like aren't f- aren't in the now. They're from years and years ago. That's so fine. I'm starting off with like the deep cuts. So I don't know if like our fans would want to listen to those songs first before we talk about them. Well, that's the great not. thing about or podcasting is that you can keep listening to them. You know, you can just oh, be like, oh, cool. Uh, and, and I'll put it in the title and description so people can listen to it before they hit play on their oh, favorite co- podcasting okay. app. Okay. I will enjoy it on my favorite podcasting app like I do every week. Good. Including Dave's podcast is back. Man, a brand new whatever the hell the name of their podcast is now. <laughs> never keep track. But well, it's good to see that Ian Dave's and been Dave got ba- keeping busy, you know. Ian and Dave got back together to tear the new I Prevail album to shreds. And I'm 
not listening to it and it sounds like that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> right on yeah so go check that out if you if you uh, want to go support our friend dave over there uh so yeah uh, so stay tuned for next week's episode that's going to be a fun one kind of like the, the 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 proper introduction after the pilot episode of the greatest song in the world uh and adam you and i will share our songs privately so that we can get ourselves acclimated to it uh and yes. uh yeah busy september coming up pretty soon so uh, stay tuned for some more track by track reviews some more thoughts on like other stuff that we hope is going to be great uh but uh thank you guys for checking out the skinny with mike and adam as frequently as you do or as infrequently as you do or if this is your first time hey maybe consider subscribing there's lots of ways you can interact with our show we have a public discord in the link below which is free and uh you know if you want to hang out with us in between episodes you can do so as well we have a lot of cool discussions you know we talk about album announcements we talk about songs that are just on our mind we we just kind of shoot the shit every now and then and sometimes we play a little game uh like this later this week on the first of september we're all going to be sharing another one of our top 12 albums of all time that's always fun what number are we on are we on four now four yes our number four album of all time we're going to be sharing Mm. Uh, and that's always fun because then we get to re-listen to those albums and like reminisce and have a little cry sometimes which is awesome so uh yes so Come, come hang out with us over in Discord. You can also uh, email us over at the skinny with Mike and Adam at gmail.com. Oh, I got I got to tell you, Adam, I got a nice little email from one of our listeners uh, that we're ter- that I'm going to read for the next uh, episode of The Greatest Song in the World because they put a submission out there. Uh, and then also, cool. if you want to hang out with me over on Instagram, that's at Mike Wears Prada. So lots of ways you can talk with the skinny with Mike and Adam. So, but for now, that'll do it for this week's episode for my co-host adam i am your co-host mike and like we say every time we're trying our hardest to like to fully form our corporeal spirit form so that we can go stalk some chick (laughs) (laughs) so spooky I'm going to follow you forever because i'm dead never move on I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs>